Welcome to One Book That Changed My Life, where entrepreneurs and experts share one book and the life-changing principles they applied. In each episode, you'll discover business books past and present that are changing the lives of people just like you. We'll cover some hidden gems, some lost classics, and shed new light on books you thought you knew. Guests range from up-and-coming coaches, consultants, speakers, and authors to big names sharing things they've never shared on podcasts before. I'm Matt Johnson, agency owner, podcaster, and author of Microfamous. I'll be your host for this journey through the land of life-changing books, so let's dig in. Welcome back, everybody. This is the one book that changed my life podcast. I'm super excited because we're talking about a book that's had a huge, huge impact in our world of coaches, consultants, speaker, author types, and really entrepreneurs of all kinds, which is Traction. My guest today is Gabrielle Blio. And we are talking about how the book essentially came into her life pre-COVID and really uh, set and reinforced a strategic direction in terms of her new uh, company, the agency that she has founded, which is called Scalto. And she is a serial entrepreneur, and um, da, has done a lot of pro bono work and more than 500 brands have been you know, helped by her experience of, across the different companies that she's run uh, back in Venezuela. She's worked with some of the biggest companies and some of the uh, really just not only brands in South America, but also American brands that were going into Central and South America. So an incredible breadth of experience in the Fortune 500 and larger arena. So a little bit outside of maybe some of our experience out here in the entrepreneurial wild west, shall we say, but uh, at her heart is a serial entrepreneur and an agency founder. So I love talking to people that have, uh, that have built really, really good, really impressive agencies. I went through a period a few years ago, uh, Gabby, you didn't know this, but uh, I had another podcast. I, had, I still do. But in the early days of that show, I went out and found essentially every like diamond, platinum, Teutonium, like HubSpot partner you can find. And I interviewed like all the best agency owners and agency coaches I could find. I love those conversations. Those were a, a, a lot of fun. We talked a lot about like hybrid business models and just some of the cutting edge stuff that people in the agency world were doing. It sounds like you are in that world because you're moving out of just doing things like logos and branding for companies into more strategy, which is exactly what the smartest agency owners were doing several years ago when I was talking to them. You made that shift going into uh, to COVID. So before we get into the book and how it changed your life, let's start with this. When you run across somebody in your world, somebody that you feel like is maybe somebody that you want to work with, how do you explain to them what you do? So Matt, thank you for the intro. It was uh, it was great to it's great to be here. The um, how I've expressed myself, how do I explain myself? It's um, I'm a mother. I'm um, coming from South America, based a citizen of the world, basically because I live in New York and many other places. But the the way I express is like I'm an entrepreneur. I really like to solve problems creative creatively. So what I try to get is from problem to solution the easiest way or the, or the simplest way. And I, what I do, what levers do I pull? I pull the branding and the, or the, the, the whole branding and communication side of it. Uh, previously, I've done uh, other uh, strategy work. So I said, I figured that on the strategy side, there's some elements that we can take into advantage in terms of, of generating the value of, of a brand and, mm. and a company or a problem that I might have an entrepreneur might have. So yeah. In essence, I like to solve problems creatively. Yeah, um, I love it, and and specifically the the problem that you solve is a really interesting one to me. Which is, do, do you have the brand and the communication strategy that scales? 
I mean, I'm a systems guy. I love business systems. You've, you've done, you know, business process uh, and all that kind of work. And so you can go super deep on that way deeper than I could ever go. Um, but I really enjoy probably like you do that, that challenge of if you want to scale up a company, the messaging has to get extremely narrow and simple which is something that people really struggle. And when you when you are forced to get really simple, you're also forced to get really, really clear about whether that one message has the legs to carry you where you want to go. And I love having those conversations with clients so I can completely relate. That's really interesting, intellectually, creatively fulfilling work to help somebody come up with that stuff. So I, so I love it. Yeah, and the funny thing is I'm an engineer. So I studied from the engineering. <laughs> and the 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 problem solving skills never it, it, it's part of you it's part of your yeah. system but they then how do you express that easily how do you be consistent with your message and get the right message at the right mm-hmm. time is also it, 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 that's where the trick is and uh, I do think to streamline it and, and and to be clear as to what you want to accomplish or what you want to achieve if we're talking about crypto we're talking about NFTs mm-hmm. so what is it that you want to achieve in that little world. Mm-hmm. or that immense immense world but yeah it's, yeah. It's yeah people exciting. from that world having a hard time narrowing down their message we're talking about just that people that come from an engineering mindset might have a problem narrowing down the message because they're so focused on things being precise and communicating the thing that is right that they forget to communicate the thing that actually makes an impact to the other person that makes them want to learn what is right and, and actually correct in the scope so yeah it's a interesting problem to solve and and i'm sure you run across a lot of interesting people very 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 intelligent people um that he need to be you know helped along to find those things so let's set the scene a little bit take me back to uh pre-covid the the conversations that were going in your head you know you would i think you had exited your previous company and you were starting a new one uh if i remember right in terms of when the book came across i don't know how like how the book came across we'll get to that in a second but set the scene in terms of where you were at in the business and what you were thinking prior to the book uh coming into your life so prior to the prior to the book i was um like i said exiting my previous company to creating understanding that i needed to solve a different problem where the job to be done there was different it was more not on the branding side, but more on what are the essence of the company that that really needs needed to get out in, in order to scale beyond scale. It means grow beyond your costs. Mm-hmm. So the idea was, okay, what? How would I structure? I have a team in South America of twenty people. I had a team in in, in Miami, which I'm based. And the idea is saying, okay, how might I shift? Because I I spun off that team uh, from the previous uh, company. I spun it to Scaldo. Like, how should I structure this? And I came across one of the podcasts I came across to Digital Mastermind Group. This is a group of uh, agencies or agency owners, which is, and they started talking about this and they were talking wonders about this um, EOS thing. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, what is it? What is it? What does it mean? And and because I've done business process redesign, I've done balance mm-hmm. scorecard, I've done other processes. Uh, this one. Struck a bell, the first page where you read all the five or six problems that uh, entrepreneurs come across that you're struggling with and you're working in your company as opposed to for your company. So the, the yeah. idea is, 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 um, is how do I get to the level of the visionary and the EOS world uh, terminology? How to get to, the, to that role and not micromanage every single roles and aspects of my company? And to be successful, because uh, this time around, I want my company, I was, I want to scale Scaldo. So mm-hmm. in that sense, I want to scale my own company and figure out a way to do it. And 
and we need to set the right processes and structure in place. I was, I, I just like I started plot, reviewing the podcast, reviewing all the information out there. I said, this actually is is um, worthwhile looking into. So mm-hmm. I found, founded Scalto. So then was in June actually. I said, I said, okay, let's go into this. And and we I I went through so like vision they say like vision without attraction is merely hallucination so okay I I don't want to hallucinate my 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 growth I just want to make it happen yeah so I started off that that route and it was exciting because I started seeing I started asking how might I thrive in this implementation that doesn't take forever mind you that I was growing. Exiting a company, growing. I have clients because I exited with my clients. I have clients. I have team. I have I had other markets, which is uh, exploring more into uh, the U.S. I was doing Insignia, which is a wealth management. I was doing other companies in there, so I, I had tons of work to do. Yeah. Plus family, you know, <laughs> and and so the the idea is like, okay, how might I, I I execute this in a way that it makes sense? And uh, I, I I went on reviewing different. Um, areas all right so let me ask you this so the book come you come across the book and and the the ideas of scaling which you you were already drawn to which i think is probably what what kind of piqued your interest about eos to begin with had you already decided that you wanted to scale your agency itself i mean it's one thing to help other businesses scale but there's all kinds of uh eos implementation coaches and there's people that they work as a solo person then they help other companies scale, they themselves are not interested in scaling their own business. That's fairly common. You made a, a different decision, which is in the process of helping other companies scale, you wanted to scale your own business. Was that a decision you'd made prior to reading the book? Yeah. From the onset, I wanted, I wanted to I want to create a, a sellable company, not that I was going to sell it, just mm-hmm. a, a different... I came into this. This is this was my second company that I'm creating. So I said, this time around, I want to create a sellable company. I want to create a, a company that can actually scale. Mm-hmm. I had a challenge. One of my a family member, very important to me, he's like, I don't really know, Gabby, if, if that company that you have, it's not, it's not scalable. Your model is not scalable because yeah. it, it, usually when you're a consultant, it depends on your available time. Yeah, I was fed up being. I, I came from Arthur D. Little, Future Brand, my yeah. company, and this one. So I have a structure, a, a, a track, a record of going to consultancies, I was like, okay, how might I change this, challenge that concept, because I do think it's scalable. I think um, not becoming a scale, I want to become a creative consultancy. I want to scale this. Mm-hmm. And so I started off with, I proved, I did my methodology, I was, and I, I applied it to myself. And one of the things is my methodology says you need to have the right structure, you need to have the right processes. You need to have, So I said, this makes sense with the OS in a way that it enables my ambition to become scalable. And the other aspect is not only this person, but also another company came to me from a previous, uh, when I had the previous company asking if I was willing to sell, you know, those business um, brokers that want to, if you want to willing to sell your company and it's to generate the, I don't know, it was uh, 10 million or whatever million mm-hmm. um, in, in terms of Latin America, that's a lot of money for Latin America. So I go, you know what? I'll reach that level, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure if I want to sell it to you. I, I will right. sell it. I, I, I need to figure out a way um, to change the model. Um, like I was saying, more working with the client, not for the client. I, I Previously, I was working more in the lab. Generate the logos, present the logos, accept, deliver. Mm-hmm. 
So now I want to work more that the client does a lot of work too. So that work mm. with you is, is a, in ideally in this world, you want to do it yourself, but I'm not there yet. But the idea of in between, I think there's a lot of, um, that's where the agencies are pivoting towards too also. Hey, it's Matt. And if you want to turn your expertise into a lifestyle business without spending all day on social media, that is the question I am obsessed with. And you can get all of my podcast episodes, articles, sketches, videos, etc. It all goes into the Microfamous Field Report, which is available only on Substack. So go to microfamous.substack.com, enter your email address to get access for free. And now let's get back to the conversation. Yeah, which makes sense. I mean, especially on the branding and the strategy side. Um, that that was one of the things that um oh man that was one of the things that when bain capital came along bain especially and associates came along mm-hmm. and the way that they differentiated themselves from boston consulting was boston consulting would do that they would walk away they go great we're going to solve the problem for you and then months later they'd show up with a presentation and go great now imp- go implement <laughs> and bain walks in and goes well that's not going to work you haven't built up any buy-in from anybody else They're like all the all the people below the c-suite hate you because you're kind of just coming okay. in blowing up their world and so bain started selling people at every level to not only to gather the facts but to but to just build buy-in along the way yeah and i think um that's a good lesson for for agencies because we would probably like to do the same thing. Like we're the creatives, trust us. We're just going to go do it, and we're going to present you this new logo, this new creative strategic direction, and you're going to go implement it. It's like that's not how human beings work. Uh, so I mean, it it seems to yeah. me entirely rational to start drawing the client, expecting more of them, expecting them to do some of the work because that's really that's the only way they're going to have the buy in to really believe in the strategy anyway. Yeah, and, and plus you have the post-COVID um, um, type of um, acceptance, or or they're they're more willing to do more work on a digital space. Mm-hmm. So once you get the buy, you can get more buy-in. You can get more participation, more buy-in prior to the actual finishing of the end product, mm-hmm. and it, it, it goes faster. I mean, projects that would take six months now take three months. Yeah, and why would that be? Because there there's more interaction. We can we can create a mural or, or something online that you can actually be part of a solution. And that is, is amazing work works wonders. And also as, as a, as a consultant, you might have blind spots and you can figure them out early in the space as opposed to go to the end. It's like, I don't like this. It's like, <laughs> or we call another agency for this. So I don't know that I think it's, it's, it's great going back to why I changed um, my my course. It changed my course because I, I, I like structure. And this gives stru- structure in, in many aspects. It gives structure yeah. in terms of vision and, and your vision board and what's where are you're heading, what are your objectives and accountability yeah. and the people side and people in the right seat. So I'm starting to analyze who is doing what. Mm-hmm. It's very common to entrepreneur and agency. Everybody's doing everything. Mm-hmm. So you should have somebody selling if this is an actually better person on the selling side. Yeah. And right. then, um, yeah, that's it. Okay. So uh, one interesting question for you. Have mm-hmm. you found your integrator yet? Yeah. Have you? That's, yes, yes. That's That's great because she's actually, it's my partner and she's actually the things that I vision that I encounter that I would love to do. She's actually a person to, to make it happen. And she yeah, does wonders awesome. in terms of communicating it. 
and and the and the synergies. I'm I'm not going to kid you. It's like go into finance, go into the operations, go into this, and I divide my my day into ship management, sales, and growth. I try to figure out more growth on the visionary side. Mm-hmm. But the yeah, the integrator uh, I like because I like to think, I like to bring new things, I like to challenge, mm-hmm. and she is amazing in terms of hold it the, we're maybe we're doing this too fast and right. and we we launched our our new our blueprint in june in in september last year mm-hmm. and it came to a point where we came in december it's like you know what maybe we should slow down because we there's has been generated a lot of traction in our own blueprint our excalo program mm-hmm. and we need to slow down and figure out how might we change this so it's scalable because it's it it has product market fit with tech we need to go next and, and say okay what can we do to make it so that it doesn't overburn the, the, the company yeah well and to me that's the exact right process to solve that problem um i think the temptation once you get into like scalable mode is you start trying to build things that are scalable first and sellable second and then you skip over the most important part, which is, does the customer actually want to buy it? It's way better mm-hmm. to figure out, okay, what does the customer want? And what will what is such a no-brainer that they will absolutely say yes to? Okay, then let's figure out how do we scale and systematize that? Because uh, like, I've, I've noticed that about myself. If you're, if you're somebody that's drawn to systems and scale and all that stuff, you'll start building things that are easy for you to scale. And then you realize, crap, they're hard to sell because I didn't, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't come up with the right selling proposition. So it's a good way to solve that problem. Yeah, if you build it, they would come. <laughs> no, no, no. Sadly, the, um, no. Yeah. Yeah. The, the essence of, of our model is exactly what you're saying. It's like build what's your scaling mindset and then what's your narrative? What's your story? How are you telling that? And then what's your experience? Mm-hmm. So once you have these three set, you can activate your marketing engine so that it makes it works. Yeah. So that that is our model to, to, in a nutshell, to try to figure out first if there's a market fit. Mm-hmm. Love it. All right. We could talk about traction for a lot longer. Uh, a funny note is I fired three integrators in a row. And uh, wow. Oh, yeah. Um, now, and I'm not a hard person to work for. I've got people that have been with me for years and years. I'm like, I'm a, I'm a very good boss. But the integrator role spread across different functions of the agency. It was hard to mm-hmm. find that person, uh, at least maybe in the price range that I wanted to pay. And so what I ended up doing is splitting the integrator function in different areas of the agency into their mm-hmm. own systems that existing staff could just take on on top of their duties. Uh, if I wanted to keep scale in the agency, I'd probably revisit the idea of one integrator that I could just throw stuff over my shoulder. Uh, the problem is, is that I am my own, uh, like I'm, in, I'm the integrator type for somebody else. But when I step into the visionary role, then having having that integrator for me is is it's weird because then I like I I am somebody's good really good integrator, so I'm a little bit more like on the operations and systems mindset. It's hard for me to find somebody that can do that that stuff better than I can. Um, so it was interesting. My my experience with hiring an integrator was a little bit uh, was a bit odd, but I know some people can relate to the struggle of finding that right person. It's a rare thing to find somebody that fits you like a puzzle and does the things that you're weak at and you feel like you can just be the visionary and throw stuff over your shoulder as you're running 100 miles an hour forward. So that's a whole other conversation. But uh, let's finish out with this. 
because most of the people in the audience won't necessarily be your ideal customer, but they may be a referral partner, referral source, uh, and they may just be someone that you want to network and mastermind with. So for the people that are uh, in our audience, who is the right type of person that you would like to mastermind or connect with that would add value to your world? And then how do they reach you? Okay, so the people that are curious, that want to solve problems that they are facing for mid-sized companies or or small to mid-sized companies uh, want to scale. Uh, they're interested in generating solutions like work uh, with you, not uh, not doing everything themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, where can they reach me? It's my email. It could be perfectly Gabriella, G-A-B-R-I-E-L-A, P is in Peter, at scalto, S-C-A-L-T-O.com. Um, and then my the, the scalto.com is also my website. And we can be reached as, uh, the, and there you see the handles in Instagram, LinkedIn. Yeah. I usually more, I'm more into the LinkedIn uh, mm-hmm. group, LinkedIn world is where my space is. Um, I do like to have anybody in terms of Hispanics, um, mm-hmm. going, wanted to go into the Hispanics market in the U.S., which is huge, mm-hmm. uh, based in Florida or, or, or Texas. That's also a stronghold. And uh, going into the Latin America world uh, from and to Latin America, companies such as Argentina, Chile, uh, Uruguay is super huge at this point in wealth management. And also people, yeah, people are interested in in terms of having, uh, in the fintech world, there's a huge space and what scaling opportunities are because it's a mushrooming. I know recession, we haven't talked about that, our word in this podcast, but the, <laughs> the people are, are scared and people are, but in terms of fintech, there's a lot happening. So yeah. if we'd like to reach out, I can also um, talk about the experiences we've had into, into scaling those type of companies. Perfect. Uh, yes. And I did notice that you've got almost 10,000 followers on LinkedIn. So that definitely you can tell that you spend time, you're active and engaged there. So that's a great place to connect with you. We'll have the email and the links and everything in the show notes. So, uh, and then of course, for traction, if you haven't read it, obviously go, go get it immediately. Uh, there's also a novelization book that they came out with uh, called Get a Grip, which is also really good. So if you are like, if you want to read something that's a little bit different, like it's almost like a um, business allegory novel, which is really interesting that presents a lot of the same uh, ideas uh, in that form. It's just a really fun, funky way to get the ideas across. So that's another good book in that same vein by the same people. So with that being said, Gabby, thanks so much for being with us. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for rating and reviewing the show. And especially thank you for sharing the show with other entrepreneurs and experts. Every time you share the show, you're putting life-changing ideas into someone's life. Now, to get the micro-famous field report that helps you turn your expertise into a lifestyle business without spending all day on social media, go to microfamous.substack.com and enter your email to access it for free. That's where you get all my podcast episodes, articles, sketches, videos, everything goes into the micro-famous field report. So go to Substack, sign up for that today so you get that. And stay tuned for the next episode of One Book That Changed My Life. We'll see you there.